Hi, my name is Nicholas Garrett, and this podcast is sponsored by El Amigo Burrito, the best burrito joint that is just down the street that serves the best burritos I've ever had in my life. I'm joined today by a very special guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, my name is Vanessa Guerra, Nicholas's mom. Thank you, and um, obviously... You've been very excited about this. I've been very excited about this. Have you been doing any research regarding our topic today? Yes, I have, Nick. I have enjoyed my research quite a bit because this is a very important subject and very close and near and dear to my heart. So the topic today that we will be discussing is U.S. hunger. Did you know that over 38 million people live in poverty and earn less than 25K a year? And 11 million of those are children that struggle with hunger. And also that those 11 million people live, 11 million children live in a food insecure household, which contains no healthy foods. But to get into that, do you even know what a food insecure household is? Well, based on the research that we did earlier today, a food insecurity means that people have problems getting food, specifically a lack of access to enough healthy food. It can also mean a shortage of food in the house in general, and it can mean even a reduced food intake. So for example, if a family is waiting for a Friday paycheck, they might not always eat dinner that week waiting for that paycheck to come in. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I totally agree with you. What I was thinking of as well is a food insecure household would be where a single mom living with two kids, doesn't. those two kids don't know when their next meal is going to come from, if it's going to be like unhealthy or healthy, and they just don't know what their next meal is going to be like, and they don't even know if they're going to have a next meal. So I like your point on that. And... um. I also wanted to say that um, one in seven children in the U.S. live with hunger and have uh, the highest risk out of all age groups. Do you understand why? I think that the problem in America with hunger, especially with childhood hunger, Nick, is usually a result of poverty caused by a lack of jobs or parents that work. Um, in jobs that pay too little in order to support the household. And what really worries me is the poverty that's going to result. It was already a pretty strained economic situation for the working poor and families that had to depend on things like WIC and the SNAP programs for assistance. We'll get onto WIC and SNAP in in the future. Right, I agree. But with the COVID crisis, it's uh, and and um, increases in unemployment, I think that there's going to be a lot more American hunger. Yeah, that's a that's great that you brought up COVID. I think that that thirty million people that live in poverty right now that had, you know, the jobs that they had were barely doing anything for them, and we whether it was like full time. Or what is it, full-time or... Part-time. Part-time. So those people with the part-time jobs getting laid off, it's going to significantly increase how um, different their lives are going to be based on what they can afford and what they can't afford. 
And sometimes the only thing that they can afford is cheap food. And that cheap food is usually like corn or like you said earlier from a dollar menu from fast food places, which aren't necessarily things that parents want their kids to have or kids sometimes just want to eat. And young kids will will see like McDonald's and be like, oh, you know, it's a good thing. Like we want McDonald's. But what they don't understand is what they're actually eating, all the preservatives and all the corn and all the fats. And they're not getting the right vitamins and they're not getting the right nutrition, nutrients they need. And so all of that, when it's combined, all that lack and access to healthy foods um, just leads to... um, it just leads to more problems in the future, and it leads to problems in school. And when I say it leads to more problems in the future, I'm, I'm saying it leads to a stun in growth. It leads to some leads to obesity with all that fat and corn and all those uh, sugar that the kids are eating. And it also leads to speech impediments and just a lack of focus in school. And that kind of bothers me a little bit because a lack in school is just a big snowball effect because when a kid goes to school hungry they can only think about food and that really impacts a kid because they're not being able to learn which brings down their grades which ultimately affects their elementary um their elementary grades and it also affects which high school they go into, if they go to a private or public, and if they're getting the best education that they can get. And then it also affects if they're able to make it to college because whatever high school they were able to get into obviously is a big factor of what what college they're able to get into and what life they want. So I think it all ties back to just the food that's being presented to them. It's kind of hard to say how... Food ultimately decides how you live for the rest of your life, but it has to be taken into consideration, don't you think? I do, Nick. I think it's important to also realize that working parents um, don't always want to feed their kids the dollar menu. Mm -hmm. But if you're looking at families that are barely uh, getting by, sometimes both parents are working two and three jobs. Maybe they're working 60 and 70 hours a week. So it's not just the price of the food of the dollar menu, but it's the convenience of being able to feed your family quickly, given the amount of time left in a day to get the essential things done. So it's a complex problem is what I'm saying. So another point that I wanted to add was that Snap and Wick are both federal nutrition programs that help feed desperate families that are in need. And especially with COVID-19 going on, I can only assume what they're doing to help those families right now. And these numbers might be different since COVID, but 20 million children rely on SNAP benefits and WIC helps 53% of all infants in the U.S. And what do you think is, like, do you think donations help at all? Nick, I do think donations help, but the problem with donations are that it's a band-aid for the real problem, which is poverty. Uh, the, The problem has to be solved at the root level, and until we are able to provide jobs that are higher paid for people to support their families, 
uh, there is going to be hunger in America. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, I just saw this recently that a famous rapper recently donated 200000 to No Kid Hungry, but they rejected it. Why? Just his background. He, got, he, re, he was recently released out of jail. He's been kind of... Um, uh, he, he's pretty famous on Instagram right now, all over the internet. But his, his, like, his background is kind of um, a little suspicious for their donation. But, I mean, money is money. And those kids, at the end of the day, aren't getting meals. So what do you think about that? I think that from a, a perspective of a nonprofit organization, they have to accept donations from people and organizations that meet their ethical, moral, and their... But what about the children that aren't getting any food, though? $200,000 goes a long way, and when you're basically robbing them, because even though that money is clean, and he might be you know, someone that isn't a Bill Gates kind of figure or, you know, a Jeff Bezos kind of figure, 200K is still 200K. And you're basically taking those meals from those kids. And and I just think that's so unfair. I, I think that you have a very valid point. I think that from a perspective of, a, of an organization that is built on principles of a particular mindset, whether that's ethical, moral, religious... They have to follow those principles, and perhaps that rapper did not exhibit or lead his life in those same types of principles that they want to encourage in their nonprofit. And as a Catholic, that's something that you're going to have to struggle with in terms of what you find acceptable in your life, even if it sounds really good on the surface. Right, so you brought up a good point about um, Catholics. So just a quick question. Do you know what Catholic social teachings are? I do know what Catholic social teachings are because I went through Catholic school in my entire elementary, middle, and high school life and my college. So one of the Catholic social teachings that this primarily ties into is an option for the poor and vulnerable. So they basically are, that social teaching is saying how we should be able to put the poor and vulnerable first, vulnerable including the hungry first, and doing whatever we can, but... Recently, I just don't think as Catholics, we're doing that job pretty well. And the reason is 11 million kids are hungry. So if we were doing our job, then that 11 million wouldn't even be as high of a number as it is. And I don't think those children deserve to be hungry or stressed about where their next meal is coming from. And they should be able to have access to food and vegetables and not just chips and sugar every day. And they should ha- they should be able to focus in school and not be distracted. But unfortunately, this is just a society that we live in and we have to settle for unless, um, I guess, high income, you know, or like middle income is willing to donate. And those people, like that 1% is able to donate. But unfortunately, I don't think they understand how big this small issue is, if that makes sense. It's easy to be overwhelmed by the problem, mm-hmm. but in our family, the way that we contribute is your dad and you go to Thanksgiving to St. Justin's to help out or Easter to help out with the food donation program. So even it doesn't help tons of people, 
maybe our donation and our work that we do to help the food bank at St. Justin's Church will go to help some people and they'll find that valuable and helpful and it'll ease their day to day. Yeah, I agree. So I guess my final question would be, how would you solve the hunger problem in the U.S.? And how would you help feed, how would you help feed those kids? It's a great it's a great question, especially with unemployment being at a very all time high right now. Some some saying as high as the end of World War Two. Uh, we have to put our children and our future first. In the short term, we have to provide additional programs like WIC and SNAP programs, which provide meal assistance to uh, uh, lower income, poverty income. Uh, families and children to get the food assistance they need but ultimately we need to create jobs and mm -hmm. we need to create jobs that pay enough for people to support their families again in the short term we need to look at providing meals for families in schools we need to provide at least one healthy meal a day for children so that they can learn and be in a learning environment um, where they are free of distraction from things like hunger well, that's a good point. I actually want to bring up another point that you said that you said that most kids rely on food at school. So if there's no school right now, don't you think that number would be going up? I do think that number would be going up. And luckily, we've heard that some schools in our area have been providing drive through programs where families can provide a pickup meal pro, uh, lunch or breakfast uh, for the entire family that's in the car. And I think that's yeah. something that we need to continue with. Yeah, I agree. Anything else you want to say? Uh, one thing that I think gets left out sometimes is the working poor and the working poor, including college students. Uh, college students are at risk of being food insecure mm -hmm. and they are also in a learning and academic um, environment and shouldn't be distracted with things such as hunger mm -hmm. or how they're going to find their next meal. When we did our research together, we found that approximately 48% of all college students uh, have food insecurity. Yeah. What's really troubling is that that number goes up to 57% for minority college students. I think that we need to find a way... Are you saying that hunger is targeting minorities? Or... I do. Wow, okay. I do think that hunger tar targets minorities. I think it targets children and at-risk groups more than it targets any other group. Yeah. Well, this has been a very insightful podcast. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for inviting me. Um, I think we both learned a lot. I know this has been very stressful, but thank you. And with that, uh, anything else you want to add? Good luck, and I enjoyed working with you. I enjoyed working with you as well. Thank you very much. Bye.